0: Good evening. It's Steph, hope you're doing well. It's uh, some damn time. What? 945. 9.45, July the 3rd, 2006. And uh, I just saw a film with a friend. Uh, I'm not sure it's really worthy of a review, but it was a very enjoyable film. The Devil Wears Prada, where my fi- a friend was actually a fashion consultant on the movie. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, boy, if you that would be a great, great joke if you actually knew my friend. But anyway. So, we'll continue on with this gentleman's uh, email. We did his mother, and now we're going to do his girlfriend. And uh, that's an interesting way of putting it. <laughs> but <laughs> what we'll do is we'll say... Okay, so uh, he wrote an email and said, uh, okay. So last night the poo hit the fam is definitely starting to with my girlfriend and my mom. I want to run a few things by you if you don't mind. My girlfriend and I haven't spoken for the past couple of weeks, so I emailed her to see if she was okay. I got a sentence back, so I asked for more. No reply. Called. The conversation was definitely lacking, and then I got this email later in the evening. I'm going to read in a British accent because I feel like it. I'm sorry that I wasn't being very conversive over the phone, and now I just feel restless and upset over it due to my extreme insecurities at all times, which only tends to get worse and ever better. I can't tell if I'm crazy or spot-on anymore. Lately I haven't been feeling that great at all, and I'm starting to question if there's anything good about me in general. I'm not trying to give you a sad pity story, I mean that. I just want to know if things are okay between us. I feel like I always have bad timing when I call you, like you're busy doing something, sleeping or whatnot. I don't mean that as a blame statement towards you, I meant that as a blame towards me, so that's why I haven't called you, because I don't want to bother you. For all I know, you didn't want to talk to me anyway. I guess if you did, you might have called me. Now, I just assume that you're probably bored of me, because I am boring and always being a Debbie Downer, and not, uh, just not bringing enough fun to the table. I miss seeing you, but I don't know if you feel the same way, whatever the case may be. Don't feel like you have to spare my feelings, because I would like to think that we can be honest with each other. I'm probably being a big shithead right now, please, so please don't get mad at me. I just assume that everyone will get sick of me at some point. I just need to give it some time. Fuck, I'm to- totally sick of me. Uh, sorry it is long, but I figured the original would have been better than a summary. I feel, no that this is passive aggression, but I don't know why or how to respond, because I also feel that it's genuine. What I want to tell her is that she has many issues that are interfering with my relationship with her, and she refuses to deal with them. I've been very supportive, but I don't have the energy to deal with serious and sometimes scary psychological problems anymore. I think that it is a fair thing to tell her, but I'm just not sure. My mom called late last night and upset at our relationship. I wasn't as firm as I could be, but I was definitely assertive. I'm still processing it, but I do know I'm pretty pissed at some of the things she said. Sorry to send you my personal issues. I hope you don't mind. Um, I really respected your observations about my girlfriend and mother in the past. Yours, Guy. <laughs> Guy not being his name. Now, um, I certainly appreciate the private email, and what better way to respect a private email uh, than to broadcast it to the thousands of listeners, nay, the general s- tidal wave of uh, populations that we're dealing with. And uh, so... Uh, This is sort of what uh, uh, Christina and I were going to co podcast, but she's feeling a little nappy, and there's just no uh, better way for her, as for many people, uh, to get to sleep than to listen to me do uh, a podcast. So, uh, uh, 99 and (laughs) here are my thoughts of the thoughts that we had about this this email. Very, very interesting email. And you can really see the pattern, I think, in both of these particular uh, things. Now, it is, uh, of course, a Freudian imperative that our relationship with our mother defines our relationship with our uh, girlfriends or wives, and I think that's true if we do not intervene, right? I mean, the, the the past is the future without intervention, and the intervention is key, right? I mean, we don't have a choice unless we have knowledge, and we don't have knowledge without self-honesty, and it, it can be a very painful thing to do that or to, to be in that situation, But without that, we have absolutely no control over altering our future and making it different from our past. So, if you want tomorrow to be different from yesterday, then you have to understand today. Uh, And that means understanding yesterday. Okay, let's stop doing the time machine flip around and just start to get to the issues. Now, this is, of course, quite surprising when you think about a love relationship, which we can assume that this is. When you think about the fact that this uh, couple has not spoken in weeks. This is quite unusual, uh, and something that is really a little bit hard to understand. To go a couple of weeks without talking to your lover is, I mean, unless they're actually in a coma, or have disobeyed you in any way, is rather hard to understand. And uh, so I would say that that would certainly be an indication that something awry is going on. Now, I think he's right in figuring out that this is a passive-aggressive situation because the woman says to him, I don't mean to blame you. Well, actually, she blames him, and then she says, but I don't mean to blame you. And, of course, that's classic passive-aggressive stuff. Uh, You always seem too busy for me when I call, but I don't mean this to be a blame towards you or or any kind of negative statement towards you. Well, of course, (laughs) it's really not a very loving thing if you care for someone to uh, not be uh, available for them when they call or to say, I'm sorry, I'm busy sleeping, and so I don't want to talk to you. Uh, that's not a very loving thing to do. So when she says, and and of course she's she's putting the blame onto him, quite clearly when she's saying that I um, I don't I don't mean to blame you, but the reason that I haven't called you is because you never seem to be uh, you never seem to want to talk to me. Right. That's that's very much shifting the blame onto him and not taking responsibility. Like if she sort of I'll give you a a, a different kind of example. If she said, I didn't call you because every time I call you, uh, you are uh, a jerk to me. Right. I didn't call you because I've been really angry at you. Right. That would be a sort of more direct statement. Of course, not calling is not a direct statement to begin with. It's very oblique. Right. You sort of have to sort of figure out what's going on, read between the lines. So, this is the kind of personality. So, something is, is gone wrong, something is upsetting her, and so she doesn't call. And then, when he emails her to say, Is everything all right? Now, I'm, who does that sound like, sweetie? Because we just did this on the last podcast. Could, could you help me out? It reminds me of someone. Mommy! Yes, of course, right? This is what what's happening. So if you look at these two parallels in these relationships, you have one situation where the son is not calling the mother, and then the mother is calling and saying, and isn't calling him on it, isn't saying, uh, look, help me understand why you're not calling me. Uh, something's not right. Some, something has gone awry between us. And, I, you know, whatever it is, just talk to me about it. Whatever it is, just let me know. Uh, I would really, really appreciate that. And if there's anything that I've done, oh, heavens, just tell me. I would be more than happy to listen and to try and make it right as best I can. Or if I can't make it wrong, grovel in the dirt and apologize until I'm blue in the face. Right? There's ways to get people to call you if they're pissed off at you. There's ways to get people to communicate with you if, you're, if they're angry at you. And so here we have a situation with the mother where the, the son is not calling. Now, he's not calling her and saying, listen, mom, I don't want to talk to you for a while. He's just not calling. And the mother is then getting worried and asking him, are you okay? And putting the onus on him about the relationship as a whole. Now, here we have a situation where the girlfriend isn't calling or they're not calling each other. So then he sends her a one-line email something like, are you okay? And that is not an honest statement, in my opinion, on on the part of the man, right? If if, uh, my girlfriend did not call me for a couple of weeks, I don't think I would call her and say, ooh, is everything okay? (laughs) Right? Because that's not actually what I'm feeling. What I'm feeling is that things are not okay. Things are absolutely not okay. And, of course, if she was in some kind of dire and desperate situation and chose not to call me, then things are definitely not okay. And if she's not in any kind of dire and desperate situation and she's still choosing not to call me, then things are really definitely not okay. So here you have two sort of parallel situations where somebody's not in contact with someone else and that someone else is then sending a message sort of saying, are you okay? Is everything okay? I'm worried. Is everything fine? Are you, uh, all this kind of stuff. And that's not a very honest interaction. And it really does parallel the two, right? You can sort of see how uh, habits of interaction are uh, re- replicated over the generations here. Now, the two... Uh, conversations that this man is having with his mother and with his girlfriend and these are not accidental conversations there's nothing creepy about it there's nothing weird about it it's just learned patterns of behavior that replicate themselves across the generations what is happening is that the uh the girlfriend is saying well you don't seem to want to talk to me and that's the problem and the mother was saying sorry what was the mother saying it was I can't quite remember it was was it similar was it You don't want to seem to talk to me, and that's the problem. Do you think that's coincidence? I never know with these things. What do you think? See, this is where it's good to have a professional in the car, rather than a rank-mouth-breathing, ranting amateur. So we will turn to the expert, who will tell us whether or not this is a coincidence. Sweetie? Not a coincidence. Not a coincidence, ladies and gentlemen. We have it from the expert. Is there anything you'd like to add to that? No. Okay. Well, I guess I'll just keep going then because Christina has been dazzled by an enormous and possibly ludicrous amount of Jimmy Choo's Chanel and Prada and is actually quite incoherent for some time and seems to have lost a good deal of her frontal lobes in the dazzling whites of Anne Hathaway's smile, the dazzling white hair of Meryl Streep's hair, and uh, the dazzling pate of uh, Stanley Tucci's forehead. So (laughs) there's lots of dazzling going on. And uh, I was uh, only disappointed in the film in that the lingerie scene was uh, too short for me. Uh, But uh, that's uh, something we can talk about in another time. But, uh, of course, here we do have these two situations where this gentleman uh, has these two women in his life who are complaining that he does not want to talk to them and implying that it's his fault, but uh, only one of them, only the girlfriend, is actually saying that uh, it's not his fault. The mother seems to be implying that it is fully his fault. So the real question is, and, and we can talk about the motivations of the women if we want, and, and depending on how traffic goes, we may end up doing that, and depending on how the battery on the computer goes. But the most important question that I have is, Dude, what are these women doing in your life to begin with? I <laughs> mean, you know, I hate to sound harsh, but that's sort of the major question that I have. The girlfriend in particular, obviously, 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 is somebody with a bottomless needy hole, uh, somebody who does not love herself, somebody who does not act in an honest uh, and open and firm manner with the people in her life, uh, somebody who you can go weeks without talking and who then calls you up or sends you an email, an email even, an email, an email is by far... The worst, most horrendous, most dangerous, most destructive mechanism that can occur within relationships. But I guess it could be said that emails have been uh, kindly responsible for getting rid of more bad relationships than any other single factor. And so I think that is a, uh, uh, a good thing. So, and the reason for that is that emails uh, sit there and burn their way into your retina. They can be forwarded to people there. You can't pull them back. And emails, my brother used to do this before emails. He used to leave me notes and, and uh, my mother as well. And and this just an evil way to communicate. If you have something to say to someone, uh, and it's important enough that it's not just, hey, are we meeting at 7 o'clock or 7.30? I can't remember. If it's not just a confirmatory note. If you have something that you really need to say to somebody for God's sake, don't put it in an email. That is the worst thing in the world because it's very much also it's a, it's a kind of a narcissistic, one-sided communication because you can't get interrupted. The other person can't send anything back. It always tends to escalate. There's no capacity for back and forth. You can't read the other person's voice or body language. You're just throwing stuff out there that can't be responded to directly. And this is why emails... Uh, are difficult. This is also why board conversations. I do work, and other people on the boards work too, to make sure that they s- stay civil and 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 positive, because it is a very dangerous form of communication. There's, there's no personal risk. You can't read any body language, voice language. So the fact that this email, which is um, a real, uh, you know, there are fundamental issues with me and in this relationship, it's a really important thing not to send it by email, but this person is sending it by email. And I bet you if the mother was better at email, she'd probably be doing it too, in which case we'd have uh, two inboxes to deal with. But the real question is, uh, is this a relationship that's at all remotely possible? That's sort of the first question. And the second question is to go a little further and say, well, what is this person doing in your life to begin with? Well the woman says that she uh, is sick of herself, that she doesn't like herself. Now, my particular take on that is that she doesn't like herself because of what she writes in the email. This is not a massive, I mean, it is and it isn't, a massive and deep-seated psychological issue. It is, but it's its triggered in this form of communication that she's taking, which is email, and because she's doing all this passive-aggressive stuff in the email, like saying, well, I didn't call you because you don't ever seem to want to talk to me, and so on. Because she can't resist that that um, addiction of, of, of communicating in that kind of passive-aggressive way, she becomes sick of herself in the course of the email. In the course of the email. And so my particular approach on this is to say, dude, if you care about this woman, or if you don't care about this woman at all, then just blow her off, right? I mean... Uh, just don't don't uh you know if uh, just let's just say you've had two dates and you're one date and she sends you something like this just say hey you know i'm uh i'm uh, i'm busy with my right hand right now and i'm not sure i can get involved in another relationship and if i do want to get involved in another relationship then i'll use my my left hand and maybe a squirrel i don't know but um <laughs> I don't normally laugh at my own jokes, but Christina was almost nodding off, and she quite... In- Did you enjoy that one, CD? Are you proud about what I'm sending out over the internet? Have you ever been more bursting with pride at this particular... M- Can you see why I'm not on FM? Is that—is that becoming relatively clear? Uh, anyway, so... Uh, where was I? Something to do with nuts... It was. <laughs> I'm sorry, shouldn't be laughing this is a relationship we're talking about but anyway, so if this was just something you know that was getting going then uh, it wouldn't really make uh, any sense to continue it, you just blow the person off it doesn't matter, but assuming that this is relationship is going on for a while, and I know sort of from first hand knowledge that it has been going on for a while, then the really important question is if you care about this woman why are you still subjecting her to this way of behaving on her side on her side because this interaction is hurting her a lot more than it's hurting you right we can suffer harm and keep our souls we cannot do harm and keep our souls this is a very important thing it's far better to suffer harm than to do harm the people I know in my life who have suffered harm have emerged relatively unscathed the people who have done harm uh, I've not known a single one who's survived in terms of the true self Uh, Maybe it's possible. I just, uh, I mean, right now I'm sort of looking around me and seeing that uh, the do-harm camp is batting zero for a 100 So I wouldn't necessarily put a lot of money on it. Now, in this kind of uh, way of communicating, she's doing a, a lot of harm to you because she's not being honest. Now, you're not being honest either, but you're not being destructively dishonest. Now, your dishonesty is not to set up a meeting with her. I can assume you guys are in the same city. Uh, if not you could do this over uh, over the phone or I, it would be well be worth going to wherever she is if you're not in the same city your dishonesty with her is not uh, phoning her up and saying look something obviously uh, let, let's meet and you get together and you have dinner and you say this is obviously not working out there are problems here i don't particularly feel that i'm able to deal with them i think that you have profet- uh, uh, issues that require uh, um Vats of medication and possibly a team from Zurich. Uh, so uh, this is more than I can handle. However, nicely you want to put it, maybe a small team from Zurich and uh, maybe just puddles of medicine. There's lots of ways to sort of uh, make it nicer, but to sort of sit down and say, because you're absolutely done with the relationship. I totally get that from the email, right? As soon as you're saying, well, I think she's being passive aggressive, and I think she has really scary issues, and I think and I think and I think. No, you don't think. You know. You know that you're done with this relationship. And you need to find an honest way and a manful way and an honorable way of getting this person um, into therapy. If you care about this, I mean, if you're totally done, then just walk away. You're certainly not here to solve anybody else's issues. The longer that you stay in a relationship with this woman, the more you are going to tempt all the devils in the world for her to act badly, and the more you're going to imperil her soul, because she's a complete addict of passive aggression. I'm not sure about your side of things. I don't think so, because based on your posts on the board, you can be more direct. And you have a good sense of humor, which, you know, goes a long way. In my book, anyway. Uh, Or a bad sense of humor. Either way, you enjoy my jokes, uh, and that's all that matters to me. So, um, we were praising me, weren't we, sweetie? What were what we were just talking about? The, the relationship. The rela- someone else? Yes. Who? No, I'm just kidding. So if you're in this relationship with this woman, she is going to be unable to resist the temptation to do all of this passive-aggressive stuff, to twist your mind, to skirt around the issue of breaking up. And look, she's totally done with the relationship too. It's just neither of you guys are putting this bleating horse out of its misery. And you just got to do that. I mean, I know it's tough. I know you feel like you're stepping into a canyon when you make that final decision, and it may take a couple of times uh, to to make it work, but uh, absolutely you can't be in a relationship like this and have it go well. You simply can't. If you guys can't have the honesty to be direct and honest with each other, and I know it's scary, and I know it can be a... uh, A really difficult situation. I know that you don't feel safe in doing it because of this passive aggression, both on her side and your side. That's fine. I totally understand that. You still have to do it. You still have to do it if you want to live with integrity. You don't have to do it if you don't want to live with integrity. But... The woman doesn't love herself. The woman is unable to avoid passive-aggressive manipulation, which means that the longer she's in a relationship with you, the worse she's going to mistreat you, which means the worse and more in peril her own soul is going to become. And that's not what you want for anyone that you've ever cared about, right? If you have someone who only beats up you in a relationship physically, you've got to break up with that person, A, obviously to protect yourself, but B, if you care even one shred about that human being, you need to make sure that they're not in a situation where they're beating someone up, because that's going to destroy their soul. So you really have to, you know, for the sake of all that's good and holy in the world, you really have to, you know, put a bullet in this uh, dying beast and, and let this woman become more free, because she has a lot of work to do in herself. I mean, Lord knows we all do, and I would say that you might want to look in the mirror this way as well, but... For sure, she needs to get into uh, the hands of a competent therapist, without a doubt. She absolutely, totally, and completely, and utterly needs to get into the hands of a competent therapist. You can't help her. You can't even say, hey, let's be friends. Like, don't take the weasel way out, right? You guys can't be friends. You can't downgrade a relationship from a 10 to a 3. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work with the sexual jealousy of when she starts dating or you starts dating. Don't even take that easy road out because then she'll be calling you up with problems and you won't want to hear about those and then she'll feel betrayed again. So don't, uh, don't even do that. Just say, hey toots and use the word toots i find this is really helpful in these i'm just kidding if you want to get killed uh then uh do that but um uh, sorry sugar uh, sugar is good is a good way of putting it as well but just say that uh you know uh, hey we had a great run but uh, uh dames uh, it's done but uh, yeah, she and, and suggest strongly that uh, she's she needs to see a counselor because if she doesn't love herself, if she's sick of herself, if she if she acts in a manner that's that's this passive aggressive, she's not good. She's good to know, but you cannot you cannot love anybody more than you love yourself, and you can't be in a relationship and be loved any more than the person loves herself or himself. Absolutely, completely, totally impossible. It's like asking gravity to send a rock to the moon. You simply can't have it happen. To love anybody else, you have to love and respect yourself first. She's going to be useless within a relationship. She might have another 10 relationships before she figures this out. God forbid she has children before she figures this out. The likelihood is there as well, though, because this is a woman who's got some real issues. But the, the question which I sort of want to ask at the very end, and I can't answer this, uh, mm-hmm. although I probably will, but um, the, the question at the very end is, dude, what were the signs? that you could have noticed at the beginning of this relationship that might have been, might have been, just the vaguest, conceivable, possible clue that this woman was not uh, a towering Eiffel Tower of mental health. Uh, that This would be a fairly important question to ask yourself because you, my friend, have a tendency and you have a tendency to be drawn towards broken women. I know this because until I was about seven, I had the same tendency as well. Um, but I outgrew it uh, when I was very young. Uh, surprisingly young, because I did a lot of self-therapy uh, with myself, and a hand puppet worked out beautifully. Uh, but we can get into that another time. Uh, I said, was there a squirrel involved? <laughs> no, that was puberty. I didn't know you then. No, she didn't know me then, and she probably will disavow knowing me now. But um, the, the question is, uh, why are you drawn towards these broken women? Well, I can tell you why, if you don't mind. I think that you're drawn towards these broken women. Uh, I would suspect it's because you uh, uh, have a mother, uh, well, uh, who's broken, right? So you're not facing the anger and the manipulation that you feel as a healthy male towards a claustrophobic mother. You're not feeling the healthy anger and control and manipulation and sickly over of that relationship. You're not feeling the anger towards your mother that is the only... The only defense against passive aggression is assertiveness, right? Aggression doesn't work. Aggression will not help you because then the passive aggressive will get hurt and wounded and you'll feel guilty. Aggression does not work. Passive aggression in return, while fun, uh, does not work. Because you both end up in this soupy fog of not knowing who the hell is talking about what. But assertiveness does work. Now, it doesn't work in terms of curing passive aggression, unless you're a long-time therapist and the person's committed to changing. But it does help get these people out of your life, right? And that's sort of the the primary purpose. So I want you to think back to when you saw this uh, goddess of instability strolling across the dance floor. What were the indications that she wasn't the healthiest uh, uh, estrogenical prodigy on the planet? And try and figure out, Uh, why that was comforting to you. And I would suggest, as a possibility, I don't know, right? But I would suggest as a possibility that the reason that it was comforting for you was that it felt very familiar. And you preferred that familiarity because you have not dealt with the issues around your mother. Now, you cannot deal with the issues around your mother with your mother, right? This is the joy of of passive-aggressive people. You cannot deal with the issues around your mother with your mother, number one. Because your mother's not going to change. Is going to have an answer for everything. Is going to twist you, and you can't control your parents. They will always have the upper hand. Twenty years of uh, a lopsided power relationship can't be snapped away. So you cannot deal with these issues with your mother, uh, number one. Number two, you can deal with these these issues for me, but it's going to cost... Ooh, how much money would we like right now? Ah, The cost of our mortgage. What is the cost of our mortgage? Not just this month, but for what remains. Well, you know, just send me an IM. We'll figure it out. But... You also cannot deal with these issues alone, right? Because the problem is that you don't actually have a bond with your mother, so you you have a a solitary aspect to your nature, because you didn't ever. You can't bond with passive aggressive people. You can't bond with the manipulative people, right? It's like trying to build a, a house out of water. Uh, you just get uh, wet. I'm sorry, I broke the metaphor. <laughs> sorry, I lost the metaphor completely. <laughs> house out of water. You don't get any walls. You don't get any walls. And you need boundaries. Yes, yes that's the bonding is boundaries. And bondage is restriction. Oh, Hey, we're back to the squirrel. Anyway, so you need to uh, deal with this with a therapist. I don't know if you're in counseling or not, but uh, uh, please. Uh, as somebody who uh, uh, has uh, had a few tricky uh, interactions with my mother, uh, just once, 1978, uh, February the 12th, uh, one, one afternoon, uh, I went into therapy, took it for a couple of years, absolutely fantastic, emerged with it, uh, dated my therapist for a while. No, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, emerged from it uh, much healthier, much more robust, and uh, got a great relationship out of it. Um, Christina's the prize uh, for graduating from therapy. And so uh, absolutely get involved in therapy if you if you can possibly find any way to do it. If you can't, you know, reading and automatic writing and homework and so on is not a bad thing to do, but it's just not the same. And I would certainly suggest that uh, you try and get involved um with a female therapist uh, in, in the way that's, that's productive because that will help you uh, denormalize what happened with your mother, right? When we grow up with parents, our natural tendency is like a gravity well is to normalize whatever they're doing. And we might roll our eyes and we might say, oh, my mother's like this or my mother's like that. But fundamentally, we don't get how screwed up our relationship with our parents are uh, until we really delve into our true self because our true self just stands there mouth agape, horrified at what happened to us when we were children. And we then have all this nonsense in society about, oh, your mother and your father, and no matter what, we're family in that sort of mafia kind of way. And we have to denormalize what happened to us as children, which means that we have to get in touch with our true self, and we have to, no matter what anybody says, no matter what society says, we've got to denormalize the corruption and manipulation that we experience as children. And if we can do that, then we can start to build the kinds of relationships in our adult life that we can really only dream about now. And, of course, the relationship that I have now with the most wonderful woman in the world, sorry, maybe you can get the second, I have the first, is uh, something that I I, kind of believed in it when I was a kid. Like, when I was a kid, I was like, well, why would people fight? Why would they not get along? I mean, it's just easy. Just be nice to each other. Be nice and be friendly and be cuddly and all that. But uh, it took me quite a long way of getting there. And the fundamental thing that I had to do was completely and totally denormalize what happened to me as a kid. And is there a good way of putting that? I can't think of other than denormalize. Does that sort of make sense? I uh, am. Yeah, I'm bad. sorry, baby. I didn't mean to wake you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh-uh. Denormalize. Is there another way? Uh, if I think of another way, I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, so, um, so yeah, and, and denormalizing involves a lot of personal instability, right? in the short run, right, you get angry, uh, you can't sleep, you're pacing. I mean, because you're kind of working upon a kind of poison out of your system. And the only way to do that is to say, hey, you know, I was really poisoned. And there's a certain amount of anger, there's a certain amount of blame. That recedes in time. But uh, fundamentally, uh, you have to get angry at your mom. You have to understand that uh, this is a really shitty way to treat any human being, uh, and particularly a child who's vulnerable and helpless. And no matter how old we get, we're always going to be... Um, over-controlled by her parents. I mean, there's just no way to get around it. You simply can't... I mean, I haven't seen my mom in seven years or so. If I saw her down the street, walking down the street, I'd I wet myself. Uh, in fact, if I even see a woman who looks like... Anyway, I won't get into all of that, but uh, there's lots of uh, laundry at her house. Anyway... Um, but uh, that's never going to change, but we really do need to denormalize it. And then what we can do is we can begin to choose the kinds of relationships that we want rather than blindly photocopying our existing relationships. And it may end up with you breaking with your mom. I would consider that to be a high likelihood. But so what? I mean, that's fundamentally so what? Yet you know, It's your life. It's your future. Your mom's had her life. She's made her choices. She had her kids. She raised them the way that she saw fit or the way that, that served her narcissistic needs or whatever. It's your life, it's your future that counts now. It's your future that counts now. And you need you need, and you have the right to be able to design a future that is different than the one that you inherited, which you had no choice over, no choice over who you were born unto. And so if you have this capacity, and I know that you do, to really examine your own heart, to recognize just how shittily you were treated and are being treated by the women in your life, And for the women, you could reverse the roles. This isn't to bash uh, the ladies. But um, if you understand how badly you're being treated, how not normal it is, even if everybody else is doing it, we know for a fact that human beings are capable of processing what is normal, even if everybody else is crazy. And we know that because everybody in the Eastern Bloc was depressed all the time, even though everybody was supposed to be this happy communist. We know what is normal in our heart of hearts. We know what is uh, corrupt and unpleasant and difficult and and abusive in our heart of hearts. So just get in touch with that old heart of hearts thing, which is great to do with a therapist and with other things that I've mentioned on the board and dig up just how terrible it was to be treated the way that you were treated when you were a kid, and don't make excuses, and don't cop out and say, well, they did cool things, and well, they're different, they're a different generation, they didn't know as much, they didn't know this, They forget about all of that, get in touch with your true self, stop making excuses for people, and then you won't have excuses for yourself, and you will be able to design the kind of relationship that's going to bring you real joy, Well, you don't go for weeks without talking to the person and then email them one little email and get pass- passive aggressive bullshit coming back, you will actually have a relationship that's glorious, uh, that's happy, that makes you joyful, that makes you laugh, uh, where you can't wait to talk to your partner, and your partner can't wait for you to shut up, sorry, and your partner can't wait for you to, to talk back, and uh, to talk back to you, and it really is a, a true joy, I wish that I could uh, show people more about what it's like, but Christina won't let me turn the webcam on because she's all square down with that kind of privacy thing. Anyway, plus, you know, um, donations aren't too bad, so we don't need to go for that additional extra income. But uh, that's just uh, my particular approach on, on how to look at these kinds of issues. I hope that that's of some help, uh, both to uh, the gentleman who kindly wrote in and kindly allowed me to use this uh, his emails as... Uh, uh, fodder for, for helping other people. I respect that. And uh, I certainly appreciate that opportunity. And uh, come by donate, uh, do the feed burner thing, fill out your listener surveys, uh, come by the board. We have 157 members now, 56, which I'm very pleased about. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. All the best.